I love that portion of that song where he says, Sing with me how great is our God, so that all the world might know how great is our God. We really need our world to see how great our God is. Amen. We really need to see, our nation needs to see how great our God is. Our state, our cities, and our communities. Now more than ever, it's the preacher thing to say, but it's true, it's the truest statement I've ever made in my life. Now more than ever, this world needs to see that our greatest God. Said to you Sunday, how will they know? Except a, a preacher, preacher, a teacher, teach. How are they going to know unless you and I let our light shine to bring stability and peace and joy and comfort to this world through Jesus? How are they going to know? See, sadly, this world today, there's so many people that haven't experienced Jesus, but it's only because they choose not to, but they haven't experienced Him. And so all their, the only faith that they have and the only God that they have is themselves. The faith that they have is just in their own strength and knowledge and ability. And the Bible says that's called pride, and that pride goeth before the fall, and it said, Great is that fall. But there's hope because the Bible teaches us that if we turn back to God, if His people, He said, that are called by His name, would just humble themselves. Humbling means to realize that I'm not in control and somebody else is. This somebody is God, this Savior. If we would humble ourselves and pray, that's all we'd have to do. God would step in and change the game. Right? That's what he said. We'd humble ourselves and pray. Turn from our wicked ways. Seek his face. He said he would do all the healing. So we just simply need to worship him and praise him. And do what he's called us to do. The title of this message tonight is We Are Here. Amen. We are here. Amen. Our precious Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this day. We thank you, God, for the honor and the privilege once again to be in your house, God, with your wonderful children. God, we're just so excited about the time that we live in right now, God. We're so excited about this world that you have allowed each one of us to be a part of. And that sounds strange to those that don't know you and don't have a relationship with you, that we're proud to be here, that we're excited to be here. Amidst the chaos, you're still in control. And that peace that your word tells us that passes all understanding is felt throughout the Christian world. It's felt throughout the heartbeat of your children. Because we know, God, that you're in control and nothing's happening that you don't want to happen. We know, God, that things have to take place, as your word says, before the world can end and we can be with you for all of eternity. We know, God, that no matter what happens in this life, you're going to be with us. You said you'll always be there. You specifically said, even to the ends of this earth. And God, that don't just mean the circumference of this world. It means the end of time as we know it. The end of the church age. You said you'd be here as long as we're here. And when you call us home, we'll be for, with you for all of eternity. So, God, we have that peace and comforting knowing that. And I pray, Lord, that you would give your church, each one of us, the courage to stand, to 
to stand on your promises, God, and to proclaim your goodness and proclaim your word that people might experience Jesus and enjoy true peace and true joy in this life and the life to come. Father, we pray that you would awaken the heartbeat of the church and cause us to walk forward, to walk forward in victory that has been afforded to us and promised through the cross of Calvary. All you've said is we just got to pick up our sword, pick up our cross, and follow you. The rest has been done. So, Father, help us to march through this world as long as we're in it, blazing a trail through the power of the Holy Ghost, changing the lives of those around us every day, making an impact, God. And, Father, we'll praise you for that and honor you, Lord, and glorify you, for it's in the precious and holy name Jesus, our Savior, we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Amen. Praise his name. If you have your Bible, want to turn with us to Acts chapter 16. We'll be in verse 25 through 28 tonight and got a couple other places we're going to go. But we are here. Amen. We are here. There's a lot to be said for being here. Is that right? You could be being beat to a pulp in a boxing ring, but as long as you're still in the fight, you got a chance to win. Is that right? You have a chance to win. We are here. Now is not the time for the church to faint, run, or be weary. Amen? Now is not the time. You know, the Bible, the, the Bible well, one of the meanings of, a, of numbers in the Bible, there's all kinds of meanings in, in throughout the Bible that God uses numbers many times to teach us things. And one of the things, I, I love numbers, I love looking what they mean and studying those. And the number 21 in the Bible uh, is representative of the wickedness and the sinfulness of the children of Israel um, as they continue to turn their back on God in the Old Testament. And it's, uh, I thought to myself, you know, God doesn't make mistakes and everything God does is calculated. And in the, in the season or the year 2020, you know, the, the numbers, it, again, 2020 we know represents vision, right? And and so God was te teaching us that we needed to open our eyes in 2020, right? We needed to open our eyes and see these things that God was going to bring before us. Uh, some of them what we would consider good, some we would consider bad. But God certainly revealed a lot of things to us. And as we enter, enter into 2021, uh, there's no question the world is going to become wickeder and wickeder as the Bible teaches us. Uh, and as we enter into 2021, uh, it, just, uh, it just rings out at me that there's going to be such wickedness and such evil in this world that we've not yet seen. And that's not to scare anybody or not to, not to, not to do anything to cause you to, to, to have anxiety or freak out. It's just to let you know that, uh, that things are going to happen, but God's going to be with you and I. He promises us that. And uh, it's an exciting time for each one of us because, again, the church is placed here to let our light shine and to change people's lives for the glory of God. Amen? That's why we're here. Uh, sometimes we focus on the fear rather than focus on the one who gave us victory over fear, and that's Christ. So we just we need to understand that we're here. And if you and I are still here, you've seen, heard me say this a couple of weeks ago, there's a reason behind that. God's chosen you and he's chosen me to be here because you have the courage it takes to stand and proclaim his word. Amen. God only uses men and women that have courage to stand, to stand in face of adversity, to stand in face of a lot of different things that you and I might face in life, to say, Lord, even though things may go wrong or come against me, I still choose to stand. I choose to stand and let people know 
that there's hope in Jesus. Even though it looks like the world around me is crashing, maybe my world is crashing, but the Savior that's in me shall never fall. Amen? We'll stand. So we're here. The book of Isaiah, chapter 60, verse 1 and 2, are two of, the, two of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I've used them often in some messages, but it's very relevant for tonight. And this is a cry from God to His church through His prophet Isaiah. And this cry still rings out today. It was not just for Isaiah's time. They were facing some difficult times uh, during this time period where Isaiah was alive and preaching God's Word. They needed some encouragement, some uplifting, just to remind them of who they were, right? And what our goal was and what our purpose and God's plan is for you and I in this life. And so God laid this on Isaiah's heart to say to the children of Israel, and again, I, I certainly thank God still crying this out to you and I today. He simply said in Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 and 2, he said, Arise, that's the first statement he made. Get up. Isn't that right? Stand to your feet. See, in the world that you and I live today, we're getting knocked down, it seems like, on every turn. Is that right? Now, you may or may not admit that and say, oh, man, I'm strong. I, I ain't got no problems. Right. There's times that you turn and you go places, and some of us have better lives than others, but I'm not an idiot, right, and you're not either. If you live in this life, you're going to face some difficult times. You're going to face them. But God wants us to know, just as He did the children of Israel there, He said the first thing you got to do is stand up. Right? Stand up. Laying down, quitting, giving up, fainting, running, those types of things are not qualities of God. And He didn't place those in us. He said in Timothy, right, He didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. You ever seen anybody that was powerful that just ran, laid down? No. If they had true power in them, they were made to move forward. They were motivated to move forward. So he says to us, arise. And then he said, once you stand to your feet. In other words, once you stand on the rock of your salvation, Jesus, shine. Amen. He said, arise, comma, shine. That's two different things. That's not one statement. It's two. Arise and shine, right? If a lighthouse is knocked down, can it shine? No. If it lays in rubble and crumbles, it cannot shine. But if we stand to our feet, we're able to let our light shine to this world. Is that right? So he said to the church, get up and let your light shine. The first thing he said, comma, after every one of them. Then he said, for the light is come. Guys, this is where the power comes from. Arise, shine, for the light has come. And who is the light? Christ. Right? He has come, and because Christ has come, you and I are victorious in Him. We're not, we're not losers. We're not beat down. We're not bad. We're not all those things. We are victorious in Christ, right? Though our body be riddled with some disease, you are victorious in Christ if you have Him in your heart. Though it looks like your family's falling apart, you're victorious in Christ. Though it looks like your financial situation has changed and it's just bad and it's going, you're going under, you're victorious in Christ, right? He said, as I said the other day, my grace is sufficient. So whatever the situation, you are victorious in Christ because the light has come. Jesus has come, amen? And he abides in us, not just around us, but in us, amen? This is the, this is the great news about grace and mercy in the New Testament. Christ does not abide about us anymore. 
He abides in us. Henceforth, right, the anointing in the Old Testament, they were anointed from the outside in. But now we're anointed from the what? Inside out. Amen? He abides. He abides, that song says. Hallelujah, he abides in me. Isn't that right? He abides. He said, arise, shine, for the light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Man, I love that. Read that with me. For the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Christ has risen upon thee. Christ has encompassed you. Christ has fallen on you. You wear Christ. Amen? And that's why the book of Ephesians said to put on the whole armor of God. Jesus, right? That you're able to withstand in the evil day. And are we not in the evil day? One, two people believe we're in the evil day. Well, honey, let me promise you, you're not living in Disney. It's an evil time. But the Bible clearly says to us that Jesus, that, right, this glory of the Lord, that is the glory of God, Jesus. And it has, it has risen upon us. It has come upon us. That power and authority is in us. Can't you see why God was saying to the church here in, in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament here to arise and shine because Christ, amen, Christ has come. He's with you and I. And that power and authority is here, amen. We have the power and the authority. And again, it's not taught or preached much in churches anymore. But I'm telling you today that you have the power and the authority to cast Satan out. You have the power and the authority to speak the things and it will happen. Well, preacher, I hadn't seen it. we got to get our faith where it needs to be in God, and we'll see those things. If we'll just trust Him enough and accept Him enough, He'll do it. Amen? The problem is, the problem is you and I sometimes don't realize this great strength and power that's upon us because all we can see is what's in front of us. Amen? We can only see what we've been through, what we've experienced, and what's standing in front of us today. But the trick is... And the truth is, look beyond, amen, our limitations. And understand that God is on the other side of that. Amen? He's on the other side of it. Let's just keep going here. I promise I ain't even in the message. Lord have mercy. So Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. For behold, again, comma and comma. He says, now listen. <laughs> listen to me. Verse 2, that's what I see with four. And he said, now behold. Pay attention. Look. That's what that word means. The darkness shall cover the earth. Sin and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee. Amen. And his glory shall be upon thee. Look, though the darkness surrounds you, though the darkness seems to engulf the world, the glory of the Lord is upon you and I. Amen. He's with us. We don't have to fear because God is with us. We don't need to fear what man's going to do to us. We don't need to fear what our government's going to do to us. We don't have to fear what this one or that one's going to do because God is with us. We just need to trust Him and follow Him and stand on His Word. Amen? It's still the Word of God, and it does not change. None whatsoever. So that's what he was telling them. And I thought, my goodness, if there's ever been an anthem for the church today, it's Isaiah 61 and 2, to realize that Jesus is with us. This is why the disciples didn't worry when he was with them. Because they knew the power of Jesus. They'd experienced him. So let's take a look at this. So what does this title mean? We are here. There's a story here in, in Acts chapter 16 that all of us know. I'm just going to use four of these verses here. Paul and Silas had been thrown in jail, right, because of their stance uh, in God and in Christ and preaching the word of God. 
some of us in this world that we're about to face and that we face today, but certainly I believe that we're going to be facing some things we've never faced before in this year. Some of us are going to be faced with a decision, right? And if we don't see it this year, if we live long enough, we're going to see it in time because, again, it's biblical. But some of us are going to face some things that's going to cause us to maybe be put in prison just like Paul and Silas, that we're going to be faced with some things where we're going to be persecuted greater than we've been persecuted. We haven't been persecuted. We might have been made fun of a couple times. But we haven't been persecuted, not to the degree that we're talking about. But here, Paul and Silas was thrown in jail because of their, their uh, preaching of God and Christ and, and telling people about the love of God and how much he loved them and how much he wanted to help them. Imagine that, that God just loves you, wants to help you, wants to heal you, right? Wants to set you free. And they put you in jail and beat you. It's crazy. But the Bible says here that at midnight, Paul and Silas, when they were thrown in prison, they were thrown in prison and put in the very center of the prison, locked up tight. And the Bible says at midnight, specifically midnight, what verse did I just read to you? What did he say? Darkness, gross darkness, shall surround this world and fall upon this world. Here these two fellows were living that out, right? Here they were in the middle of this prison, in the center, right? All these other prisons around, surrounding the dark night of the dark time of the night surrounding them, right? This wickedness, this evilness, this hopelessness. It said at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. Paul and Silas lived out the prophecy in Isaiah 60 and 1. Arise and shine. Amen. Arise and shine. Stand to your feet. God don't make mistakes. Amen. He told you about it in the Old Testament. These two old boys just lived it out. Amen. Arise and shine. Though you be surrounded by darkness, though you be surrounded by evil, though you be surrounded with sin, stand to your feet and let your light shine because the glory of the Lord has fallen upon you. Amen. Isn't that awesome? Man, I'm about to run. Can't you, don't you just love it when God shows you something? Isn't that awesome? He said, Arise and shine. And so these two fellows said they began to pray and sing praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. The world heard them. You ever hear Christians say, ain't nobody listening to me anymore? You ever heard anybody say that? I've said it before because sometimes you feel that way, right? Somebody's listening. Amen. I love that song, Somebody's Praying. Amen. Somebody's praying for me, right? Somebody's still praying. Somebody's still listening. Somebody out there wants to hear about God. Somebody don't just want to have pity parties. Somebody truly wants to be delivered by God. Amen. Somebody is. And the Bible says they begin to pray and sing, and the prisoners heard them. I love verse 26, suddenly, amen, and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now listen to me. Had Paul and Silas not stood and prayed and sang praises to God, would the earthquake have happened? Would it have happened? I dare say not. And the foundation of the prison was shaken. When God's people stand on His word and stand on His promises and begin to lift up and proclaim the name of God, the foundation of sin is shaken. Amen? And all the darkness that's around begins to be shaken. And all the chaos begins to be shaken. And when an earthquake happens, nothing has a foundation. Nothing is stable. Is that right? 
But the Bible didn't say these two old boys began to fall over and slump over and all that, right? It said that the foundation of the prison began to be shaken and everything began to shake and, the, and it begins to say here in a minute that the doors were open. But it does not say Paul and Silas were falling and, and fighting for their lives. I don't think that was happening. See, that's the great thing about God. They were standing on solid ground and everything else around them was beginning to move and all it was simply illustrating to you and I is Though the storm begins to just grow and rage around you, God will keep you established. Amen? In Him. Amen? He will, no matter what's happening. And everybody else around will look and they'll watch and they'll say, what's going on? Why aren't those people affected? Why? You ever heard anybody say, man, with all that stuff that's been going on in your life, everything you face, why aren't you just falling apart? Why aren't you just shattered, right? And that's what earthquakes do, right? Causes things to, be, to fall apart and to be shattered. Why aren't you struggling? Why aren't you falling apart? Because you're standing on solid ground. Amen. You're standing on the promises of God and you're shouting his praises. And when we do that, everything else may move, but you and I ain't going nowhere. Amen. He's got us. He's got us. Even though it feels like everything around you is crumbling. And I'm going to tell you something today. It ain't a bad thing for some things to crumble. We all need some things in our lives to crumble and come down. Amen. That God be lifted up. Amen. If we're honest with ourselves, all of us have built a few, a few idols in our lives. And some of those things need to be shaken and, and crumbled to the ground that God can be seen. Amen? And live again in our lives. So the foundation of the prison was shaken and immediately, suddenly and immediately. I love that. If you've got a Bible, underline those. That's awesome. Suddenly and immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loose. What did God say? He tells us there that if we'll just try him. And that right now, I know he's talking about tithes and offering. But he said, try me and see if I won't open the windows of heaven, right? And here that we, we, you see here that the Bible says that suddenly, immediately, right, when all this took place, that the doors, all the doors, not some of the doors, but all the doors are open and their bands were loosed, right? When you and I just trust in God, he, that's what he said, try, try me, right? Trust in me, do it and see if it won't happen. And that's exactly what he's simply saying here. These old boys just trusted God. And they just said, we're going to praise God in the middle of our storm. And look what happened. All the doors were open. See, that's what happens. God don't open one door for you. He don't open two doors. God opens many doors, right? I've told people before, I said, look, God closes one door, he'll open another one. But God don't specialize in one door. He opens all the doors, amen? That's the way we need to start looking at it. See, we're limiting God by saying, if God closes one door, God will open one door. But here's the way I see it now. God may close one door, but he'll open multiple doors for you and I. That's the God you and I serve. Go back and look at those stories. If something happened in somebody's life and he closed a door, a situation, he opened multiple doors to them to bless them. Amen? Bless them tremendously. Job's a great illustration of that, right? How much he blessed Job at the end of what he went through. And all their bands, the Bible said, were loosed. Now, we're going to get down to what I want to preach on here in a minute. And the keeper of the prison, the Bible says, awaken out of his sleep. The keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep. Seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. The keeper of the prison, awakening out of his sleep, Seeing the prison doors open, drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing the prisoners had been fled. Do you know who the keeper of the prison is in your prison? Me and you. The keeper of the prison is not Satan. 
The keeper of the prison is not your wife or husband. The keeper of the prison is not whatever situation you want to put that's going on in your life. The keeper of the prison is you and I. Amen. We hold the keys. We hold the keys. And we can control what happens in our prison or in our camp or in our house or whatever it may be. But we got to unlock, right? We got to unlock that door and let Jesus in, let him change everything. Give him the keys and let him be, right, the, the, the doorkeeper, if you will. But the Bible says here that he, this fellow woke up and it said here, the keeper of the prison awake him out of his sleep, seeing prison doors open, right? That's all of us, right? When you first give your heart to God, we're sleeping, right? We don't know what's going on. But once you've been, God's been revealed or Jesus has been revealed to you, all of a sudden you start seeing things differently, right? Where you have been locked up, now you see a way out. Amen? You see a way out. And sometimes that way out is scary. And it's frightening, right? Because you don't understand. We don't understand what I'm supposed to do next. I don't know, what I, I don't know how things are going to go, right? So you get fearful. That's what happened here. This fellow was fearful. He drew out his sword. He said, I, I don't know what to do next. He was panicking. But it says, supposing that the prisoners had fled, and all of a sudden, Paul cried with a loud voice, saying what? Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. We are all here. I think that's significant for you and I and what we've been talking about tonight and about us being the church. We are here. All of us are here. Now let me ask you a question. Them two old boys was in the middle of that prison. There they sat, surrounded by all this darkness, all this evil, didn't seem like there was any way out, and they began to stand on the promises of God, pray, pray to Him, and lift up their voices and sing praise to Him. That's what they did. Right? In the middle of all of that, that situation. Here's what I see with those two fellows. You know, I could look one of them, look at the other one, and say, you know what? This is bad, but it could have been worse. We're still here. Amen? We are here. And here's the next question, I think. Our next statement, I think, one of them made it the other one. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. This is Mark's, hey, I'm, 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 you, you can preach how you want to preach it. This is the way God laid it in my heart. But I got to believe they were thinking to themselves, we got a choice. We can stand up right here in the middle of this and praise God, and hopefully somebody's going to be led to the Lord, or we can just sit right down here on our, on our fannies and cry and have us a good old time and be justified in it. Amen? But it wouldn't have changed nothing. They could have sat right there and just said, oh, poor pitiful me, and nothing would have changed. But instead, they chose to do what Isaiah said. They chose to stand and let their light shine and praise and worship God. And in doing so, the world around them was changed. Right? We are here. What are we going to do, Paul? What are we going to do, Silas? What's next? I don't know. All I know to do is what we've always been doing. Isn't that right? And what has the church always been doing? Worship and praising God. Amen? It's what we've done since the beginning of time. Worship and praise the Lord. So why, in the middle of a pandemic... Why, in the middle of chaos around us, why, in the middle of all this junk that's happening, should the church do anything different? Amen? We should still stand and preach His Word, still stand and sing praise to Him, still read, to bend down and pray, acknowledge who He is. Amen? That's what we should do. We're here, right? While we're here, let's worship the King. While we're here, let's do what we've been called to do and be the church and love people. Amen? And tell them that there's hope in Jesus. There's hope in God. Man, we had a, we've had some wonderful meetings with uh, Sister Veronica, our youth direct, our director of youth ministries, rather, in our church here lately, and just been talking about some of the, the teen classes and what we're going to be talking about and, and not really letting the cat out of the bag here, but I need to use one of them if I can. But we were just talking about anxiety, you know, and the anxiety that's going on in the world today, 
I, I don't know, maybe there's always been a lot of anxiety, and it's real. I, I've experienced some of it. Pastor Keith's experienced some of it. Uh, Sister Veronica has. We've talked about that in that meeting. But it seems to be more of it now than ever before. At least, maybe I'm more aware of it. Maybe that's the situation. I don't know. But it just seems to be more of it happening in the world today. There's such anxiety, and that's because of the fear of not knowing, right? Not knowing what's going to happen, where we're at, what's going on in our lives. But I think the greatest thing that causes anxiety is fear of not knowing, right? That, that eternal, that security that we talk about in Christ, not knowing what's going to happen with us. That's why we're fearful, because we, we fear that we might die. We fear that we might die, and if we die, we don't know what's going to happen to us. Even people that don't believe in Jesus or don't believe in God, or if they say they don't, they got to believe what's going to happen after I die. So anxiety happens like that because they're not real sure what's going to take place. I'm not sure when I wake up in the morning if the stock market's going to crash and all my money is going to be gone. I, I, I have anxiety because I don't know if I wake up in the morning if I'm going to have a job or not because, you know, things are tough, you know, and all the jobs are going overseas, and, man, they may shut my plant down, and what am I going to do next? And then we got all this, all this anxiety that's going on. Because we're not sure about who holds the future, right? But again, the declaration to the church was arise and shine because the one that holds the future is here. He has come upon you, right? The glory of the Lord Jesus has come upon us. And he is our future, amen? He's our past, he's our present, and he's our future. He's all of those things, amen? All of those things. We're here. So what are we going to do, Paul? What are we going to do, Silas? Man, we're just in the middle of this mess and this chaos. What should we do? Be the church. I love Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 16, and 17. I just want, you, I want to encourage you tonight and just remind you that you're here. Just be the church. Right? Just be the church. Think about it. Pray about it. Do what you're supposed to do every day. All of us need to do those things. And now more than ever before, we need to stand on the promises of God and let our light shine. Not just talk about them, right? Let's do it. Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. See then, Paul said to the church at Ephesus, that you walk circumspectly. That word means carefully, cautiously. See that you then walk circumspectly and not as fools, but as wise. Right? Don't just go out there running to and fro, not knowing what's going on, like your hair is on fire, not worrying about anything. But he said, be careful and be cautious, spiritually speaking, and be wise. The Bible teaches us to be sober-minded, to be vigilant. Is that right? To make sure to pay attention to what's happening. I love verse 16. This is what it's all about, okay? Redeeming the time. Amen? Understand where you live. Understand the time that you and I live in. He said, redeem that time. Capture it. Amen? That's what it means. To redeem the time means to capture that which was lost. Amen? Redeem it. Redeem that time. Make sure that you grab a hold of the time and the situation that you live in. This is a powerful time. This is an impactful time for the church to stand and rise and show forth the glory of God. Amen? That's why he said that in Isaiah. You see it here in Ephesians. And God's been crying that out to the church all through 2020. Has he not? Pay attention, right? You just What you saw right there was that first verse in verse 15. God's simply saying... Pay attention. 2020 was all about vision. Watch, pray, seek. You know what the Bible says? Pay attention and redeem the time. Understand where you live. Amen? You and I live in the greatest time this world has ever known. Amen? And that is the time of the end when Jesus will soon return. We live in the last, the grace dispensation, that time when Jesus left and he's going to return. That's the church age, right? That's where you and I live. 
And you and I need to understand that, right? I have troubles, you have troubles. And they get our mind off on it, and certainly they will, because we're human. And, and we need to deal with those situations, we do, but they don't need to control us. We need to make sure that we, we take our problems and our situations, and you take those things and apply the Word of God to them, amen, and still do your part. It's hard to do when in those situations, but that's where victory comes. Victory comes when you're able to walk through your storm and, and, and come through it victorious regardless. doesn't say you're not going to get wet in the storm. Is that right? It didn't really tell us that Peter got wet or didn't get wet, but i got to imagine if the storm's raging around him, he probably got a little bit of spray on him at least. Right? He probably got a little bit wet. For those of you that are saying, I preach it, God was with him, so he goes, hey, nothing happened to him. Okay. Well, at least his feet got wet. Amen? I don't know about that either, preacher. Well, I already sunk. <laughs> Promise you got wet there, didn't he? So it does not say, well, yeah, it's because he fell, but he got back in the boat, didn't he? Now, he either walked back in there, somebody say praise the Lord, or God carried him. You still say praise the Lord. Either way, the man was victorious. Amen? So you're going to get a little wet in the storm. Your hairdo might get blowed around. Amen. It's all right. It might get blowed around in the storm. You might get a little bit wet. You might get a little bit dirty. You might lose a few things along the way. But if you keep walking, I promise you, storms are limited. Is that not right? You ever been going down the road, you see it raining here, and then it's not raining there? They're limited. Storms, what that tells me is they have a specific time that they're supposed to last. But once that time's up, they're gone. And the great thing about you and I is understand that storms will come and storms will go, but the Word of God will never leave. It'll never pass away. Christ will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And if you're victorious in Him, just keep walking. Amen? The rain will stop, and He'll use that water to grow you rather than set you back. Amen? You with me? Everybody needs a little rain to grow. Last I checked, don't nothing grow without water. None of us like to see it rain. Ruins our weekend. But you let it stop raining. We'll be up here praying, oh God. Amen. Send the rain. Isn't that right? There's got to be rain in order for something to grow. Rain's messy. Rain's messy. It is messy. Look at your name and say, it's messy. But the rewards of rain is awesome. Amen. Love to eat that corn when it comes up. So understand, be circumspectly, he said, walk carefully, pay attention, be wise, and redeem the time that you live in, because these days are evil. Therefore, he said in verse 17, do not be unwise, but understand. Man, we used that word Sunday, didn't we? Understand what the will of the Lord is. Huh? Understand what God's plan is. That's why he said redeem the time. If you and I understand what God's plan is, we'll know, we'll be, we'll be ready to take advantage of other, our situation that we live in. Amen? I want to say to you now, I'm not going to get political, I just want to say one thing to you tonight. When you go home and you turn on CNN or you turn on Fox or whatever it is you watch, don't you let that junk happen and shake your foundation. Amen. These things must come to pass, the Bible says. Amen? He said when you see these things happening, what did he say? Stand, amen? When you see all these things happening, taking place around you, he didn't say panic. He didn't say go crazy. He didn't say run around like SpongeBob and Patrick, you know, when they, have, when they get fearful about something, right? He, he didn't say do all those things. 
He said, when you see these things happening, the things that he mentioned at the end of time that would be happening, he said, stand. Amen? Stand. Get out there, man, and shout the praises of God because the end is soon coming. And the end is the beginning for a child of God. Come on, somebody. The end is the beginning for a child of God. Don't panic. Praise Him. That's what Paul and Silas did. Don't panic. Praise Him. Amen. Amen. There's some crazy things happening today. And all through this world over the past year, two, three, five, ten, and some more crazy things are going to happen. We're going to see things we're like, what? That you never thought you'd see before. But just praise Him. Just praise Him in the middle of it. Amen. And great things will happen. Though chaos surrounds us, the glory of the Lord surrounds us greater. And God's blessings will continue to be poured out on His children, I promise you, until the day He returns. Amen? Until the day He returns. So, we are here. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, you're here. You are here. You are here. Amen, Sister Kelly. We are here. Amen? We're here. So just do what you're supposed to do. Let's all just do what we were created to do. I want you to, let's practice, okay? We're going to ask our worship team to come on up here. I want us to practice doing what he said we're here for. What did he say? Arise, if you're able to. Arise, now let's shine. Amen? Arise and let's shine. Let us let, us, let, us let the glory of the Lord that's in us come out. Amen? And not just here, when you leave here, do the same thing. When you get up in the morning, I want you, if you can remember, if you like me, I can't remember a whole lot early in the morning. But if you can remember this, just say, Lord, here I am. I'm standing on my feet. I have risen today. Right? And I'm now going to proclaim you and praise you right now before I do anything else in the day. And from that day, the rest of that day, when you leave your home, do the same thing. Everywhere you go, just praise God. You know how you praise Him sometimes in your job? Just by doing it 100%. The Bible says, do all you do, He said, for the glory of God. Right? 100%. And that sometimes is greater than any words you can ever speak. Amen. Let's pray.